Hello, and a very good day to you. My name is Jim Harris, and this is Heritage Bible Radio. Heritage Bible Radio is an extension of Heritage Bible Church in Boise, where it's my joy to serve as the teaching pastor. Every day, we devote our radio time to studying a portion of the Word of God so you can know Him better through Jesus Christ and serve Him better through your local church. This week on Heritage Bible Radio, Pastor Harris preaches a message on Matthew chapters 24 and 25. This teaching by Jesus was in response to the disciples' question regarding the end times. Please listen to today's portion of this week's message entitled, The Olivet Discourse. But since the triumphal entry, Jesus had said a number of things that are reflected in this question from the disciples. When they said, when will these things be, they had specific things in mind that Jesus had been talking about. And when they added, and what will be the sign of your coming, it means when are these, when's this, this destruction going to happen and, and, and when's the party that you get to be the king and we're going to reign with you in, in your kingdom. They were expecting all these things to be rolled together into the next few days. They, they thought this was right about to happen. So they perceived the destruction of the temple, the end times scenario for the nation of Israel, and the coming of Jesus as the king to set up his kingdom, that all these things were going to happen very soon. Now, if you skim back with me just a little bit to the previous chapter, and yeah, I will get to Matthew 24, I promise. Um, Here are some of the things that the question refers to. Matthew 23, verse 36 Truly I say to you, all these things shall come upon this generation. Now, what was the context of that? No, we talked about that another time, and we will another time. Verse 38 and 39, Behold, your house is being left to you desolate. For I say to you, from now on you shall not not see me until you say, Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Now, the disciples couldn't possibly have grasped all that it meant. But Jesus clearly told them, your house is being left desolate. What house? The house of Israel. You're being abandoned. He had predicted it earlier. They were going to be left desolate. And he had said some days earlier, Matthew 21, 43, therefore I say to you, the kingdom of God will be taken from you and given to a nation producing the fruit of it. I'm sure they were baffled by that. But they're saying, well, okay, there's some new people come to the party. As long as you're the king and we're reigning with you and the kingdom is here, it's okay with us. They, they couldn't possibly have grasped that, and they certainly didn't. Now, a couple of other big picture perspectives will help you sort out why the Olivet Discourse is so uh, significant. One of those perspectives is that even after his death and resurrection, Jesus' followers still expected his return and the arrival of the kingdom of heaven to be very soon. They were devastated when Jesus was taken to the cross. They scattered. They hid. They were were crushed. And oh, what a glorious thing when he rose from the dead. Oh, the plan's back on. This This is great. 
wow, sounds like there's going to be a big mess in Jerusalem, but the kingdom is, is here. Well, Jesus ascended to the Father not terribly long after that. And just before he ascended, Acts chapter 1 verse 6 says, and so when they had come together, they were asking him, and this is a very honest question, Lord, is it at this time that you are restoring the kingdom to Israel? There's, oh, Jesus, we get it. You're the king. The kingdom is coming. We can't wait. And we've been so patient. We waited that whole week. And then you died. And praise God, you rose again. And we've had 40 days now. We've seen you risen from the dead a bunch of times. Oh, Lord, is it now? At last? Just as you and I would have been asking if we were there and if we believed. But the other big picture item you need to keep in mind is that they were incorrect in their expectation. It wasn't unbelief. They just didn't know yet. The next two verses. He said to them, It is not for you to know the times or epochs which the Father has fixed by His own authority. And He used these words, times and epochs? Oh, that sounds like a long time. And that was not what they wanted to hear. Then they heard these famous words, But you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be my witnesses both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and even to the remotest part of the earth. That was still really hard for them to grasp. But further revelation, the rest of the New Testament, makes it clear that the time between the first coming and the second coming was going to be a long time of a lot of missionary activity, not only among Jews, but also uh, Samaritans. Ooh, they have spiritual cooties. We don't want them in on our party. Well, that was going to be a big deal to wrap their arms around that. And then Gentiles, the remotest part of the earth, and yet God was still going to fulfill all of His promises to Israel. I can't help but slip this in. Romans eleven twenty five and 26 comments on the kingdom is going to be taken away from you and given to a nation producing the fruit of it. Paul writes, For I do not want you, brethren, to be uninformed of this mystery, something not revealed in the Old Testament, now made known in the New Testament, lest you be wise in your own estimation that a partial hardening has happened. I mean, not all of Israel. There were always, there have always been believers among the Jews. A partial hardening has happened to Israel until the fullness of the Gentiles has come in, and thus all Israel will be saved. Guys, it's coming. But it's not on the timetable that you thought it was going to be. Now, what we have in the Olivet Discourse is Jesus explaining to his disciples for the first time very important truth that would be undergirded and fleshed out by later New Testament revelation. He wanted them to know that there would be specific things in the future that would happen between God and Israel. Every promise that God has made to Israel is going to be uh, fulfilled. 
It's going to happen just prior to and immediately following His second coming. And Jesus also emphasized that many of these things were prophesied earlier. And the main one through whom it was written is Daniel. That's why it's so fruitful to study the book of Daniel. Another consideration for you to keep in mind, and I'm trying to kind of plant some seeds that are going to get watered in the coming months as you work through Daniel, but another consideration is that the book of Revelation, which details events of that time right before Jesus returns, it describes the second coming in more detail than the Olivet Discourse. Revelation 19 has a more detailed description of the second coming than the one we're going to see in a few minutes. And it was not written until more than 60 years after Jesus ascended and about 25 years after that destruction of Jerusalem. So this time frame that was in the minds of the disciples when they asked these questions was woefully short of what it was actually going to be. And Revelation 19 and 20 together make it very clear that the second coming and the millennial kingdom, when Jesus does reign on earth for a thousand years, it's still future. All right, are you ready? Let's dive into Matthew 24 and 25. Um, in 24, 4 through uh, 28, Jesus describes an overview of the final seven years before he returns. If you haven't caught on yet, seven years is going to be really significant as a period of time. And you're going to be introduced to it very soon in Daniel chapter 9. They're predicted specifically in Daniel 9, 24 through 27. So stay tuned. Don't, don't miss a week or you might miss the second coming. There will be a lot of things during those seven years going on at once. Israel is going to be at the center stage of world events. And from what Jesus says in chapter 24, verse 15, about the abomination of desolation, what I preached on some months ago, we know that, um, that's connected, by the way, to Daniel 9 specifically, we know that a world political leader, we usually call him by the name Antichrist or the Antichrist, he is going to show up on the scene. He's going to make a treaty with Israel promising to protect her and guarantee their safety in the land and in Jerusalem for seven years. And they're going to be able to rebuild a temple during that time. He's going to break that treaty, that seven-year treaty, at the halfway point. And he's going to install himself as the object of worship in the new temple of Israel. It's, it's, it's such an abominable thing, desecrating the temple, hence the terminology, the abomination of desolation. But during those times, during those seven years, despite the work of the Antichrist, very sinister to begin with and then very evil as he is unmasked, um, during those days, many are going to come along and claim that they're the Messiah. Also during those days, there will be unprecedented calamities, those things that are going to make the terrorist attacks on 9-11 seem like nothing. And it's going to include the famous terms earthquakes and wars and rumors of wars. 
It'll be a time of tribulation such as the world has never known. If you would like this message on Compact Disc, let me know and we'll send it to you. You'll receive the entire message, not just the portion on today's program. You can order by phone at 353-4036 or by writing to us at 7071 West Emerald, Boise, Idaho, 83704 or on the internet at hbc-boise.org. Heritage Bible Radio needs your prayers and your financial support. Once again, you can reach us online at hbc-boise.org or by telephone at 353-4036 or by writing to us at 7071 West Emerald, Boise, Idaho, 83704. And if you need a church home here in the Treasure Valley, I hope you'll visit us any Sunday at 7071 West Emerald. For Heritage Bible Radio, I'm Jim Harris. See you next time. Bye-bye.